Let's go to Pittsburgh and talk about the Penguins and Kyle Dubas and all that stuff. Rob Rossi is here from The Athletic. Rob, how are you today, sir? Good. How are you? Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, the, the Dubas stuff. So, I mean, this seemed to be uh, sort of it was going to happen. That's how it presented itself here. There was all kinds of rumbles about, you know, he was going to go to Pittsburgh even before the, the fateful week. How did it play out there? What, what were the expectations as to how the, the Penguins were going to do this? And, and was Dubas the guy right from the start? Well, he was, but they also, you know, ter- dealing with Toronto, uh, in the playoffs, and then when Toronto won the first round, the Penguins really did kind of kick up their their search to go in another direction. And in fact, um, the Friday that you know Dubas was dismissed in Toronto, um, you know that they were down to um, um, I'm trying to think of the the final two candidates uh, here: Matthew Darsh and Steve Greeley uh, as as guys that you know one of them was going to be the new. Uh, either the GM or, or the new president of hockey ops. Um, I'm not sure which which person was going to get a title uh, that Dubas got, if either. But um, they moved real quick after that. But they always liked him from day one. He always sort of fit the profile of who they were looking for. But um, as far as I know, there was no contact or anything until they were able to. But, but the job title, do you think that's sort of um... – developed as they talked or were they always looking for somebody as, as a president they were looking for somebody that was going to be able to lead hockey ops whether it was going to be as the gm um or uh and, and maybe be open to having somebody come in in another role uh but the gm was always going to have sort of autonomy on a hockey decisions uh with kyle i don't think the title I don't think the title really mattered to him or them as much as the substance behind it, which is, you know, nobody above him, nobody, um, nobody sort of chiming in on hockey decisions. He report, you know, he would go directly to ownership, all those things. I think the thing they liked about Kyle though, is that he could organize an entire um, hockey operations staff uh, in sort of the mold that he and they envisioned. And that's why they, I think that was a big thing for him too, to know that um, he was going to be the guy that got to sort of shape the whole thing, as opposed to having to sort of have a partnership here. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't, I haven't talked to him about this, but by all accounts, that 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 wasn't working as well as um, he would have liked in Toronto. Yeah, and that's stuff that came out as as he was departing. Um, I want to go back to the Pittsburgh situation, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It just seemed to me that over the past couple of years, there were maybe there were people in that front office that either wanted to move one of your your three core Hall of Famers, Sid Malkin or Latang, and, and maybe there was a disagreement about that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, my colleague and I, Josh Joey and I, uh, for the Athletic, we we had a story about three weeks ago that we've been working months on on sort of the. The, the discord in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think the simplest way to put it is when Jim Rutherford re- resi- you know, re- resigned very unexpectedly at the beginning of the 2020-21 uh, uh, season, um, he, he put them in a bind. He really did. And, you know, they, they, they wanted to hire somebody in season instead of turning it over to Patrick Alvain. Uh, on an interim basis to be a, like a full-time basis. And, 
you know, they ended up with Brian Burke and they ended up with Ron Hextall. It was sort of this idea that you'd have a two-man attack. Um, it's my understanding Brian didn't have a lot of influence on hockey decisions that Hextall did. And they were hired by a previous ownership group. And, you know, it wasn't that they had to move one of those guys, but they had to be willing to move one of those guys if that was a direction that ownership group chose to go in. Then ownership changed, and, you know, when that happens, it, it, it can change a lot of directions. And this ownership group, Fenway Sports Group, did not want to break up the, the, the big three, as we call them, in Pittsburgh. And um, that's the direction they went in. And then this year, just this season was just a cataclysmic failure by all objectives. I mean, they, they, they got the easy – they got the hard part <laughs> – uh, right. They they built a really good top six. What they couldn't do was fill out the roster around them. Um, uh, they made some ill-fated trades, ill-fated roster decisions, and the goaltending didn't hold up. And when you miss the playoffs in Pittsburgh with those guys on your roster, there's going to be change. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so how do you think this moves forward with Dubas? What, what do you think the direction will be? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I... <laughs> You know, I think his head's kind of spinning right now. You know, he's moving his family to Pittsburgh, trying to, you know, that they also cleared out the AGM when they moved on from the previous group. So, you know, he brought in Jason Spezza there. It's my understanding right now that as, as insofar as the draft goes, the scouts will be handling all that. You know, he'll be having meetings in Nashville at the draft, with, you know, just continuing to get to know people. But he's he's focused right now on sort of the, the short-term decisions that could affect their long-term, and I think primarily that's whether they buy out anybody. Uh, Mikhail Granlin would be a uh, probably the best candidate for that for them because it would really give them some even more cap relief over the next two years, um, which coincidentally is you know what Crosby's committed to. Although I expect him to sign an extension in Pittsburgh next summer, but. Um, also figure out the goaltending situation. And that's, you know, that's something that he even conceded, you know, it's, it's sort of a, uh, it's sort of a coin flip proposition. And, and unless you have one of these, you know, what are there, are there even a handful of sort of franchise goalies out there? So that's what he's working on right now is trying to sort of figure out what those decisions can be going into the draft. So maybe they can either make some moves in terms of trades or have a real, firm plan coming out of uh, the draft for July 1st. And, and do you think Mike Sullivan stays as head coach? Yes, I do. Um, they met several times, him and Dubis. I actually, I actually think they're going to be a very good marriage together. They like to build hockey teams in the same sort of mold, you know, skill, speed, play a sort of aggressive style of hockey. Um, I think Sullivan's been at his best when he's had a partner um, and not sort of an adversarial relationship with the guy in charge. And I think him and Dubas are going to have a real good partnership here. So, um, yeah, I I think the Penguins' ownership, this isn't my opinion, but in their mind, talking to them, they feel they have two of the top five persons in each role in terms of a hockey operations leader and a head coach. So, I wouldn't anticipate any problems between them, at least right away. Yeah, it's interesting that the Penguins and the Flyers would sort of restructure their front offices at the same time. What do you make of what the Flyers have done? Well, I mean, look, I, I had my own 
search uh, to follow in that, so I was following that on the peripheral. But I guess the one interesting thing about the Flyers is is they continue to sort of um, when you know maybe not every time it happens, but every other time they go back to sort of former Flyers. Um, I think it's interesting. I'm very happy for Jonesy. Uh, I think he I think he will be great in the type of role he's in um, in terms of Briere's GM. I mean, I was really impressed with the first trade he made. Um, I think he's a really intelligent guy. I thought that back to when I you know covered again you know when the Penguins are playing against the teams he was on. So, um, but I think the big thing in, in Philadelphia is you know they. Do those guys, do they have the full control they need to make their decisions or there is going to be influence from sort of people that are still tethered to the organization? And I think if they have full control, the Flyers will be in the right direction. But, you know, sort of a prove-it-to-me type situation. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's suddenly the, the control thing is um, is an interesting storyline. And, and, again, you know, as I said earlier, uh, the uh, whatever Kyle Dubas referred to, uh, we didn't really get wind of it until uh, maybe late in the season when, you know, you got word that, well, somebody, why did this guy play? Well, I got, the coach would say, I got told to play him. And you're wondering where that came from. That's an odd dynamic, isn't it? Yeah, again, I can't speak to what it was in Toronto specifically. I mean, other than what I've read and what I've heard. But, I mean, I think, look, I've been covering the NHL for 20 years. I think it works best when you have a, you know, a singular direction. Um, The Penguins have been at their best when I've covered them, when their GM has been in sync with the ownership uh, and the coach, and it goes throughout the organization down so much as the, the Wilkes-Barre team in the AHL playing the same system, basically, as, as they play in Pittsburgh, so that they're all sort of simpatico. And I think that's a very tough thing to obtain and to sustain. But to me, it's, it's the model. You can't have – you can have people that disagree with you, and I think you need that. But you, at the end of the day, you have to have a vision that everybody's um, into and accepted and is eager to – try to um, match because if not, then, you know, they probably shouldn't be in the positions they're in. Rob, interesting summer ahead. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Rob Rossi from The Athletic.